So you know how like superhero movies kind of change throughout the decades, it seems like the kind mm-hmm. of politics of, so imagine the next Batman is just, it, it gets appropriated by the alt-right and it's just <laughs> Batman uh, tracking down pedophiles. Like that becomes his new job. I mean, to be fair, if they're actual pedophiles, I'm for it. Yeah, if they, for sure. If they, but 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 it's if all... they're theoretical pedophiles, then um, oh, the alt right wants Batman so bad. Oh, they want him so bad. But but in 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 Gotham, all the pedophiles are Democrats and left wing. There's no right wing pedophile. It's only oh, because it's like a fictional world. Okay, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. are actually pedophiles. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I'm not going to side with people politically. Uh, uh, if they're fucking kids, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to take too big a stand on this. But, um, Fair enough. But my uh, uh, my political affiliations don't uh, don't go beyond sexual abuse of minors. Anyways, what a great way to start the podcast. My name is Chris Betts. I'm a comedian. I live in London. This is Jordan Robson Kramer. He's a musician and record store owner in Montreal. What's up, guys? Jordan, what's your what's your favorite food? Uh, these days. I'm into making a lot of dolls. So, and like, 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 uh, uh in little satin dresses. <laughs> no, Chris. Ah, a h ha doll. Get it? It's uh, it's seven in the morning here, folks. We've just uh, woken up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're probably not preparing you well enough for what we're about to get into with uh, the nineteen songs that are on here because. Canada was nice enough to include an extra Big Shiny Tunes song. <laughs> and in classic Big Shiny Tunes fashion, it's not a good song. It's not. They could have chosen any number of good songs, which you'll hear from our notable exceptions later on, but uh, they didn't choose those. My guess is for the rest of the series, it's going to be mostly like this, where, where there will be one or possibly two songs we sort of like, and then mm-hmm. the rest is just a nightmare from which we're trying to wake. Yeah, there's a lot of that. This is a real, uh, uh, this is a real letdown of an album. A lot of sort of screamo, sort of a move towards metal, which you would think that I would have enjoyed because I loved metal. Yeah, but this album, yeah, it's just. I mean, you'll hear it. We're we're not happy about it. I don't think you'll be happy about it. Make sure to listen along though, because why should we suffer alone? Mm-hmm. Uh, so listen along with us, uh, starting with Miss Murder by AFI, all the way down to Heaven Help Us by My Chemical Romance. What a shit sandwich! And really contemplate the content of taking back sundays make damn sure there's something that still is haunting me uh days later after covering that about that video yeah that is um it's not ideal (laughs) no it's far from (laughs) i am not gonna have any taking back sunday in my gotham that's for damn sure (laughs) no i'm giving back sunday if anything (laughs) well thanks for listening uh should we jump into this whirlpool cesspool actually it's more of a cesspool i'd say yeah whirlpool sounds nice yeah ces- uh, cesspool of um just boring boring guitar dudes um also uh make sure to rate and review the podcast uh really helps us find more people we're coming into the final few episodes of our first season uh because this is big shiny tunes 11 there's only three more of the normal ones after this and then we're doing uh the uh the 80s and 90s compilations but uh we're, we're sort of coming to a close to the first season so uh uh rate and review get as many people involved as you can um because we love you it's the it's final, final countdown, countdown. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. 
smashing a wall with a sledgehammer to that song is one of my top three memories um i didn't even set it up it just came on the radio oh it was so good you weren't even working you just found a sledgehammer yeah i just happened to have a sledgehammer that came on the radio and i was like i know my duty (laughs) speaking of smashing things with a sledgehammer that's what someone should have done to this compilation ladies and gentlemen big shiny tunes 11 heaven help us All right, all right, all right. Low Rider, Big Shiny Tunes 11. Oh. <laughs> I hate all of these songs. <laughs> then you need to smoke some weed and get real deep with it. <laughs> Actually, not all, not all the songs. Not every single song. Yeah, same. I mean, we're at the stage now where I think we can clearly say this music was not meant for us, which is kind of creepy when you think about the um, ages that they're marketing to. The vibes between 96 and 2006 <laughs> are unbelievable. Yeah. The, the switch that's happened. I mean, there's still the great unknown sadness lingers yet. It's just taken on a new form. Oh, it's taking on new forms and new definitions. Yeah. Well, the year was 2006. The year was 2006. Saddam Hussein is convicted and killed, and then everyone watches it on YouTube because we're a bunch of psychos. I didn't watch it. Did you? No, I did not watch it, but I knew a ton of people that watched it. But it's like, it's the same. I couldn't, um, I used to love watching skateboarding videos. Yeah. Uh, when I was a teenager, and I couldn't, couldn't watch the bails. No. Like when dudes fell and you knew that they broke an arm or where they took like a hard rail to the balls. Yeah. Like I just couldn't couldn't watch any of that. I don't like it if someone's hurt. As long as they can walk away, yeah. then it's hilarious. Yeah, I can't deal with watching somebody turn into a meat crayon. Ooh, ooh, that's a vivid image. I like that very much. It's a dangerous subreddit <laughs> to go down. Never do it. Oh my god, that's a subreddit? Jesus Christ. I'm not nope, definitely not. <laughs> love, love the word play. Never going down that. <laughs> By the way, thank you for listening. I'm Chris Betts. I'm here as always with Jordan Rupson Kramer. Hi guys. The, I feel like the people who listen to this podcast, fifty percent will immediately go to meat crayon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting that term meat crayon because this uh edition of Big Shiny Tunes eleven is an ear crayon. <laughs> Uh, in that it's a, a, a desperately scrawled suicide note? Yes, I think so. <laughs> so yeah, so we got S- Saddam Hussein was killed and convicted. Um, Iran I- I- enriched uranium for the first time. I don't know if you remember when uh, Ahmadinejad became the real villain, but that was the moment. Oh. Um, Abu Ghraib came into the collective consciousness. And other than that, nothing huge. Um, here are the big movies. Uh, Crash won Best Picture. One of the movies to age the fastest that's won Best best Picture, where it was everyone's like, Crash is amazing. And then within two years, they're like, Ugh, Crash really isn't. Uh oh, what have we done? <laughs> you failed, Chris. The first test of uh, being a Crash hater is to never talk about Crash. So we've uh, got to place the year, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, that Cars came out, Casino Royale came out, which I think was the first Daniel Craig one. He's been doing that for 15 years. That's insane. Mm. Um, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. If you're a Will Ferrell fan, absolutely fantastic movie. Uh, Borat came out. 
Uh, Devil Wears Prada came out, Night at the Museum, Spike Lee's Inside Man, excellent heist movie, uh, V for Vendetta, which caused just the worst fucking um, trend among protesters of wearing that goddamn Guy Fox mask. Yeah, and probably gave Jeff Martin a uh, feeling that he, he was due for a comeback. Absolutely. That gave, that gave Tea Party an extra 10 years. Anyways, that's the end of Film Edition of Big Shiny Podcast. <laughs> so... So guess what? I'm turning this around on you. I want you to talk about your 2006 first. Um, I had a crazy year. I won. So I f- I'd forgot about this. But in, in uh, July of 2005, I drunkenly entered a raffle at a Canada Day celebration in Trafalgar Square when I was living in the UK and won two free tickets from the then brand new Zoom Airlines, which no longer exists. Okay. And they called me and they were like, hey, congratulations, you won. I don't remember entering it. I have no memory of it. I thought I was being prank called. Okay. Um, And so I took it as a sign from the universe that it was time to go home. And so my girlfriend at the time, Hazel and I, we went, we went back to Vancouver and we did that in 2006, February, 2006. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Vancouver. I worked in a bar called George in Yale town, which was a a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Like a fun place. You mean? It was a nightmare. (laughs) It was a meat market. It was a meat market for bankers. It was a fucking nightmare. Gross. (laughs) Uh, but uh, the tips were great. Tips were fucking amazing. I took my girlfriend to Disneyland on money from my drawer. Holy shit. <laughs> I was making like four or five hundred bucks a night. Mm. It was absurd. I was making so much goddamn money. And then uh, I quit to run a bar called Lumiere, which was a very sort of beautiful, well-run, like best restaurant in Vancouver. And um, and I, I worked there for a month before I quit to work in the network uh, records mailroom. <laughs> Because because I hated bartending at that point. So I just walked away uh-huh. from an even better paying job. Yeah. And yeah, so I just, I lived in the West End of Vancouver near Canby with my girlfriend. No major stories to tell. I just had like a, pr- a fairly nice time in Vancouver. I never felt like I fit in, but I had a nice enough time. Did, was there some kind of disillusionment that happened with uh, all the accolades you'd been getting for bartender of the year and stuff? I'm surprised that you kind of just left that world a bit. I think it was the scene. Because the scene was really different in Vancouver, whereas like in the UK, I was in a scene of nerds Mm. where we were all just dedicated to learning as much as we could and being creative and getting fucked up. It was a very fun, very silly community. Yeah. And um, and in Vancouver, it was it was the term. uh, Have you ever heard of a wham? Uh, Uh, Is that like a sex move that George Michael does? No, it's a, a waiter actor model. Okay. And so nobody cared. Like, there were people that were good at their jobs, but I just, like, there was a sense of pretension in the scene that just seemed pointless to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a lot of really nice people, but it just didn't suit me as a scene at all. I didn't make, like, I didn't make close friends. I made a lot of, like, hangout buddies, you know, which is crazy for working in a scene for a year. Yeah, so it was like, I literally, I, I had two, like, good, really good jobs. They were full bars. I was paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hated it. I just, the scene just really disagreed with me. I was miserable. Um, and so, I mean, actually, I broke up with my girlfriend and quit my job. Okay. I went and worked in the, in the, in the mailroom at network. That sounds deeper then. That sounds like a kind of pull the bandaid off at once scenario. Did, did, did she like go back to the UK after that? No, she stuck around in Vancouver for a little while, and then we got back together after about three months. Okay, and then she moved uh, back to back to the UK about three months later because she missed being home, and so we did a long distance thing for a while. Yeah, I just I was just miserable for a little bit. It's funny because it it's by far the most money I've ever made, mm-hmm. like an insane an insane amount. Still to this day, 
more money than a lot of my professional friends are making. But you were miserable doing it. Miserable. I yeah. hated it. And so I quit to take a job in a mailroom for minimum wage and loved it. How did you find that job? Um, I'd already been volunteering for Network. Right. So like I was working there for free while I was making a fortune at these bars. Just like that was when I was answering. So this is the period where I was answering Avril Lavigne's fan mail, organizing shelves of CDs and categorizing email lists and things like that. Why did you volunteer for that? I always wanted to run a record label, mm -hmm. Impaired Vision Records. That's what I wanted to call it. I don't think we've talked about this on previous episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I wanted to wanted to run it. And I had like, I used to sit and doodle logos and um, I would go and scout bands and try to decide like, I'd pay attention to trends in music and where I thought things were and where they might be going. Um, and uh, uh, I, I told you I managed that band when I was in Brighton for a year. Yeah. That, that was like a test run of it. Um, and then I was like, I was in Vancouver. I was getting really bored of bartending. And I was like, okay, what's the next thing? Let's try this this record label thing out. And so I decided to go and volunteer at Network because I tried to get an internship there when I was in 11th grade through a co-op program. But because it's spelled N-E-T-T-W-E-R-K, -T -T yeah. uh, my guidance counselor couldn't find it in the phone book. <laughs> So, <laughs> way to go knowing how to spell things correctly person so frustrating so i ended up working at new music west then which was fantastic and i had a blast but um but i was like you know what i'm 22 yeah uh, i've got a great paying job and my days are free i only work nights so i'm gonna go volunteer two or three days a week at this record label see what it's about um after volunteering for a month maybe they hired me and another guy who still works there as an a and r guy yeah um in the in the mailroom and, uh, and they didn't hire one guy because he was a fucking weirdo and a jerk. <laughs> and, and when they didn't hire him, he full-on freaked out and started screaming at people. It was great. It was like half-baked. It was so funny. Do you know what, uh, where he is now? <laughs> no idea. I don't even remember his name. I just I remember the things that I remember most about him is that, one, he smelled weird. Two, he was really creepy around women. Uh -huh. And three, um, Talib Kweli released an album called Right About Now. Okay. And um, I was really into Talib Kweli and the Roots at the time. And uh, he he was, we were talking about hip hop. We were talking about Common and stuff, like backpack rap. And he uh, and he's like, oh, I got this mixtape by Talib Kweli. And he was naming songs. I was like, yeah, yeah, right about now. I've got that. And he was crestfallen. <laughs> he was so angry that I also had this album that he'd found. <laughs> so he was that kind of guy. <laughs> it's just... I mean, if you don't want to say who it was, that's cool. But my guess is you're going to tell us that he was in one of the bands that appears on this compilation. <laughs> <laughs> he went out and started uh, Blue October or something. No, but he, yeah, he, he was that kind of guy. So this is also the year that I took my brother to see Billy Talent. Nice. Um, because I, I think I only worked at Network for like seven or eight months. Yeah. Um, but like 2006 was feeling my way around, seeing where I might want to fit in because Network is great for that. Like I honestly don't have enough nice things to say about network records they were fantastic to me and when i left they were like anytime you want to come back just let us know i might call them when i go back to vancouver just be like hey remember me from fucking 15 years ago <laughs> you want to hang out so yeah it was a it was a weird year that ended great yeah because like network network was really fun like i really loved working there um and it was the thing that brought me to university which i i actually took i say university community college um, which I loved and preferred to university, loved it. So it was a, it was a trans it was a transformational year for me, Jordan. 
was our 2006. Sounds like you headed down a little bit of a uh, Siddharthic path of letting some things go in the effort of trying to discover who you were. <clears throat> Very much so. That's exactly right. Very well read. I like that. And what about yourself? How was yours? It was... You were on tour. But... <sighs> well, yeah, it's just everything just kind of started happening because um, we released our album in spring and we got... Um, signed to like a booking agent and I think in 2006 we did three tours in America so I overall I think we did about 40 shows throughout the states and a bunch of others in Canada nice yeah it, it was special and and it made coming back to Montreal every time fun too because it Montreal it made Montreal feel like more like a home right because I had my girlfriend living there and and life was just kind of working and also like we would come back from tours with I think like on our first tour, I came back with about $2,000, which uh, nice. was a lot of money even for me at the time. Cause I'm like, Oh, $2,000. My rent is 350 a month. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, my work was fine with me being gone four months of the year. Not really sure what that was about. <laughs> very Montreal. Yeah. That's very, very <laughs> Montreal. Yeah. I, that, that first tour, like we actually had to drive all the way to LA from Montreal before playing a show. We had to rent the van uh, for the tour that we had after Wolf Parade played Coachella. So our first show, wow. we drove to LA in about three and a half days, which was insane because we did 28 hours. We, we did 28 hours nonstop, just like people um, taking uh, shifts, sleeping. Yeah, We drove without a single break other than gas from Montreal to Oklahoma city in 28 hours, which oh my God. look at that on a map. It's nuts. By the way, for anyone listening, I just looked it up. Montreal to Oklahoma city. That's 200 or 2,533 kilometers. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so far. <laughs> that's so far. I remember actually when we first stopped to eat, when we were just getting outside of Oklahoma, because we were just like getting shit in gas stations and eating it on the go or like drive throughs mm. and shit. We stopped at this one place that had like, we just stopped at this restaurant because it said free cornholing eight to 11. <laughs> we're like, what <laughs> the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I think seeing America from the angle of its highways and kind of drifting by through a window how the sameness of all the sort of rest stops that are on highways and all the people that made up the different attitudes and politics of america like you know average americans that live in between major cities um there's something that was really psychedelic about that uh especially yeah. for where america was at the time and i mean we got hassled by border guards many times um yeah. crossing a border into the states then was scary like yeah. uh i had a border guard in detroit um run after me after i threw an empty bag of chips in the garbage uh made me get oh wow made me get out of the van and tell told me to get the garbage out from the garbage can because you're in america we don't want your garbage jesus christ so like that that was yeah, that that was like a reality of, I guess, the Bush era level of counter-terror and the people mm. that they would hire. Um, but the shows were just fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah, good. Yeah. You, you know, you meet people, you become close to them uh, throughout the course of a night. The person, the people that are working at the clubs, the people that mm. come out to the shows, and you have like all these awesome, interesting conversations, and then you're just gone. Um, yeah. 
and we we were also like we weren't we were kind of a strange uh family i think and and almost like it, it felt like um felt like the lost boys of peter pan in a <laughs> weird way like looking back i think something that defined all of us in that band was that <laughs> Um, like, and this is the, the kind of perspective I think about now because of how, um, things ran its course in that band. But, uh, I think we all had fucked up relationships with our dads, <laughs> which is oh, okay. something that, um, played into how we dealt with each other over the years in a way. And, you know, we liked each other just fine from practices, but we weren't like all friends before, right? Like we came mm. together to start a band, but, um, 2006 was really the closest we ever were like as a unit and as people making music together and something even even though like we'd end up getting bigger and playing bigger shows um it was those early days touring that i think i look fondly back on because it was all new and it was all Mm. um unexpected and getting to you know like drive into san francisco at 3 p.m on a tuesday afternoon or something and like seeing the Mm. rhythms of each city as you would enter it for the first time in these places you had only read about um it's exciting and going on it was mind-blowing for me at least you Mm. know because i you know i'd been to um the states a few times with my parents and stuff but uh it's really hard to explain i guess the mentality that happens when you're in a band and you're not even like a you know, you're not like a big band. You're all crammed in a van with all your gear and you're mm-hmm. going city to city and playing shows, sometimes to 10 people, sometimes to 50. Uh, and the good ones on our first tour, I think we had like 100 or something, right? How many of those would you have had, the 100 ones? Uh, every major city, like every Chicago okay. or LA or That's New good. York. Um, one, And, you know, a lot of this, I think, was coming... Um, on the tales of Spencer's success with Wolf Parade, but mm. we were still a small band. Like it's, it's even, even that like didn't really give us much of an advantage on that first tour because we still had shows where like I remember like uh, on our first tour, I think there were five people that showed up to a show we did in Fargo, North Dakota, um, mm. which was kind of great. Like I, there's something special about uh, those sorts of shows um, in the early days, but. Yeah, I I didn't drive either, which I think definitely lent a different perspective to it. And I was the youngest person in the band, like, by five years. Um, Mm. Spencer was almost, like, ten years older than me. And um, the next person closest to my age is Camilla, who uh, actually just turned 40 this week. Camilla, if you, for some reason, are listening to this, happy belated 40th. Happy birthday! (laughs) Um, There was one celebrity that I remember you telling me uh, you found out was a Sunset Rubdown fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Johnny Depp. Do you want to <laughs> tell the story of how you found out that Johnny Depp liked Sunset Rubdown? So that was... <laughs> I never even saw the movie, but apparently in the remake or one of the remakes of Alice in Wonderland... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Tim Burton one, that weird Yeah, he, he was talking about... He was using music to get into the role of the Mad Hatter. And, mm-hmm. and this was great. This was like the first moment where... I was able to actually just send stuff to my family and be like, see, not wasting my life, mom and dad. Cause nothing <laughs> says that you are successful. Like having a celebrity name drop a band you play in, even though you might've only made uh, three months rent on a tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, which was crazy. Cause he, he, it was like a CBS interview and he's like, Oh, it was, 
I uh, listened to a lot of music to get in the role of Matt Hatter, actually this band that Terry Gilliam turned me on to called Sunset Rubdance. Apparently it's Terry Gilliam, which has its roots in the fact that he worked with Heath Ledger on his last uh, film, and Heath Ledger was apparently a big Wolf Parade Sunset Rubdown fan. Um, Cool. So much so that... uh, I don't know if I should tell this. It seems like a little bit um, not. So maybe I'll think about it and cut it if I feel weird about it after. But um, apparent, sure. apparently, like they chose um, Wolf Parade's "I'll Believe in Anything" as his song when they when they buried him. Wow! Like he was that big of a fan. Um, wow! So uh, yeah, which is I think you can leave that in. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but it's interesting because it did sort of get passed along to Terry Gilliam and then to Johnny mm-hmm. Depp and. Then to Elijah Wood, actually, too, who was at one of our shows like years later. But wow. Um, anyways, enough of my uh, hobnobbing. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time that I realized that you had been in a band that was like a thing. Okay. And I was hanging out with you at your store, uh, Phenopolis, by the way. Make sure to go to Phenopolis, everybody. Check out Phenopolis. And um, I think I just brought you a coffee from the cafe across the street. This girl walked in and she was like, are you are you Jordan Robson Kramer? And you were like, yeah. You're like, she was like, from Sunset Rubdown? And you were like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, can I have an autograph? And you were so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was so sweet. I was uncomfortable? <laughs> like in a, like, you I can't so believe. Like mean? In a mean way? No, 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 no. Just like nervous and shy. Oh. And just like, oh gosh, yeah, sure. Gee whiz. Like that kind of vibe. <laughs> it was... So sweet. It was very, very charming. Um, and I remember seeing that and being like, oh, shit, my buddy's like been in a thing. That's really cool. I guess. Yeah, I it's uh, I think it was rare that that actually would happen. Um, so the fact that you got to see it is a bit misleading because that probably even in our quote unquote heyday only happened like once every six months. And I'm not talking about autograph, just like somebody asking that question. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I have to say that after um, um, I, I sort of turned around and I saw you slip her a fiver and say, thank you very much for that. I'm trying to look cool in front of my Chris, friends. Chris, so. don't go making shit up on this show. I would always pay people with Phenopolis gift certificates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, totally unfamiliar with this musical landscape. Um, all right. So America, America has ditched the nativism of uh, the 2001, 2002, 2003s. It's back to being funky town. So you've got Bad Day by Daniel Powder, which isn't funky, but is there. Uh, then Temperature by Sean Paul. This is when Sean Paul reigned over everyone. Um, Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timberland, which was a club jam. Uh, You're Beautiful by James Blunt, uh, one of the few songs I've ever wanted to punch in the face. Uh, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira featuring Wyclef Jean. Well, that's from that year. For some reason, I thought that was way earlier. Crazy. I thought that was way earlier, too, so I don't know if this is a remix or something, mm. but um, yeah, it's 2006. All right. Um, Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield, which I don't know. Um, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley, which is still a good song. Riding, mm-hmm. Chameleon Air, featuring Crazy Bone. Again. Uh, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake, which was a jam. Um, and Check On It by Beyonce featuring Slim Thug, which I do not remember. Me neither. So that was the American one. Very R&B heavy. Very sort of fun very fun canadian Mm -hmm. as always there's no specific top 10 because no one pays attention to canadian pop culture um so i've just got the list of number ones throughout the year for three months 
January to April 1st. Drum roll, please. Madonna. Okay. Hung up. Huh. I don't even remember that song. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you remember this song? No, I think Ray of Light is the last Madonna song I remember. Right? Yeah. I have no idea what this song is. All right. Um, and then, as if to as if to say, right, that's enough Madonna. Nine Inch Nails. Every day is exactly the same. What is going on in this country? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> what have we done? Uh, that lasted for... That also lasted for a while. That was a two-month stint. Wow. Then for one week, SOS by Rihanna. We're back. <laughs> right. <laughs> then uh, Promiscuous uh, featuring Nelly Furtado uh, and Timberland for one week. And then for three months, Do I Make You Proud by someone named Taylor Hicks. Okay. No idea. Wow. Never heard of them. For another three months, Meant to Fly by Eva Avila. Okay. Can Canadian artist. Sure. Never heard of sure. And then this song, I've never heard of. If you told me it existed, I wouldn't believe you. If you told me the name... I did slap your face. But yet it exists. <laughs> it exists, and it was top of the charts for the last five weeks of 2006 in Canada. The Saints Are Coming by, guess it, two bands. Com two bands working together. You won't guess. You want to try? Uh, I'm guessing they're called The Copper Plate and uh, Cream. No, these are huge bands. Okay. <laughs> world famous bands yeah this is the mandela effect in action right now i have no idea u2 and green day <laughs> what world are we living in when did this do you i have no memory of u2 and green day making a song well together. considering all the garbage uh that my brain has space for i'm surprised i didn't know that that seems staggering to me Honestly, can't believe that neither of us knew that you two and Green Day did a song together and that it's called The Saints Are Coming. Wow. That seems like the the kind of um, idea that somebody's dad would come up with to show their kids that they're cool. And it's like, Dad, I don't listen to Green Day anymore. That was back when I was 14. Uh -huh. Well, I thought it was something we could share. A little bit of you 2 for me, a little bit of Green Day for you. Come on, buddy. Let's jump around. Wow. Um, staggering and incomprehensible, much like this compilation. Um, yeah. Absolutely baffling. Yeah. We've, we've reached the point, at least for me, where um, there's nothing that I was listening to that Big Shiny Tunes would ever put on this compilation. And in fact, in 2006, I don't think I was really listening to much music being made in 2006 uh only one real album uh, stands out as definitely like something i still listen to to this day um and that's scott walker the drift which is a crazy crazy oh. avant-garde album made by uh scott walker formerly of the walker brothers um the best description of scott walker the drift would be if samuel beckett made music it is wow. a really dark fucked up listen most people can't deal with it um but I listened to it, hi, walking around Montreal one winter, and it was the scariest music I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Like one of those moments where you realize how much you're missing out on other uh, ways that sound can affect you. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, but that said, I also had fun. I liked listening to, do you remember Girl Talk? He was this guy who did like yeah. mashups. We listened to that a lot sometimes in the car just because it was just fun, garbage mashup music. Yeah. Um, was also really into Destroyers Rubies. And also, if you remember a band called The Liars, they released an album that year called Drums Not Dead, which is really fun. Okay. And um, But yeah, uh, I would put anything off that off on my big shiny tunes. But how about you, Chris? 
Mm. Um, I was the opposite. I think because I was a miserable for half the year yeah. bartending. Um, I took a lot of solace in music. Um, and then B working at a record label. So I was just gobbling up tunes as much as I could. Um, so I had, I had a ton, like, uh, something for TV, uh, TV on the radio, return to cookie mountain could have been on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, grizzly bear release yellow house, um, which could have had something. Uh, and I actually saw grizzly bear open for TV on the radio at the Commodore. Yeah. Um, in Vancouver that year, it was fucking awesome. I remember for the first 20 minutes of grizzly bear, we all kind of stood there trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And then, and then I don't know what it was, but something clicked for all of us, and we all went, "Oh, we love this!" I bet, I bet, I bet <laughs> in the audience too, there was somebody who ran a successful cafe in Vancouver who was like, "Oh, I'm going to sell a lot of coffee playing this in my cafe." <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> it's a really good album. I like it too. Yeah, it's great. I think I think Grizzly Bear fantastic. This was a year that I was introduced properly into hip hop um, because uh, the guy that I was working with, Lex, in the um, mailroom taught me how to listen to it mm. i remember we were listening to a new song by the game mm-hmm. who i hated hated on principle i haven't gone back to listen to now, what, so what principle was that on. just he was just rapping about fucking nonsense and i was really into backpack stuff i love talib Kuli, most deaf okay. roots all that kind of stuff yeah. so if it wasn't conscious i had no time for it kind of thing i was listening to all the lyrics and we were, we we're just packing up merch for bare naked ladies fans and he was just vibing to it and i turned around, i was like what do you this song is terrible. Like, what the fuck is he even talking about? And Lex, he didn't even look up. He's like, I haven't heard a fucking word he said. Listen to that beat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. That was like a, my head fucking exploded. It had never occurred to me to just enjoy the beat. Yep. Um, and so opened up a whole new world for me. But that, so it was like, um, like Jay Diller released two albums this he year. He did, uh, was Donuts that year? Donuts yeah. and The Shining, yeah. Um, so like if they want to push out Roots release Game Theory, Lupe Fiasco released, um, uh, that, that classic track Kick Push, which you could have put on this, um, happily it would have fit fine. Uh, Norrell Sparkly Crazy I would have put on, uh, there's this band, I don't know if you heard of them, Sunset Rubdown, they released an album, I would have loved to have seen one of their songs on there. What a fucking dumb name. No, but the album's called Shut Up, I Am Dreaming. Ugh, too long. Which, which I like because it's not I'm, I am. Garbage, garbage title, garbage band. Just, sound. just proper your your grandfather's grammar. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the ones that I that I liked at the time that I think could have made yeah. it are the Arctic Monkeys. They released uh, I can't remember what the album was, but whatever it, people say, I am. Yeah, and it, that had bet you look good on the dance floor. That could have absolutely been on there. Yeah. Um, anything from the Raconteurs, Broken Boy Soldiers. Sure. Yeah, fully could have been on here. I loved that album. I listened to it over and over and over again. Uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah's released "Show Your Bones" as always. Did that, was that the one with Maps? Yeah, that was the one with Maps because they yeah. uh, they played. Yeah. They I saw them at Coachella that year. "Flaming Lips at War with the Mystics" came out, which is far from their best album, but has some fucking jams. It on stands it. up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then um, this one I don't like, but I'm shocked didn't make it. And it's a uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. For sure. I think they, uh, I think they huge. wanted Green Day, but then they got a Green Day replacement on this track listing, which we'll get to. Um, but uh, all right, let's let's get into it. It's Big Shiny Tunes Eleven. We're both having we're we're having big years in different ways. We're both having a uh, fun time reminiscing about the past. So now let's put the brakes on that. <laughs> and this is like it's crazy that I was I was listening to so much music. Yeah. Uh, this year so much and in so, from so many different angles and I had never heard 90% of the songs on this. You were listening to so much music but not so much much music. Yeah, I was not tuning into much at all. 
I think this was the first year that I didn't have a TV in my in my apartment. Yeah, well, um, I guess let's jump into this. Let's get it started in here. Oh my god, had you forgotten about Screamo? I'd completely forgotten about. Screamo. I never forget about Screamo. Just the other day, I was listening to some electronic compilation from the '80s that had uh, sort of a riff happening with the keyboard, where I started just. It was instrumental, and I started just singing fake Screamo over it for fun. All the words and the joy and what are you going? And the hair. Oh, God. So, so I got to say, though, um, like with the formula, I think that Big Shiny Tunes is taking on now, right? It's a different generation of teenagers they're marketing mm-hmm. towards uh, with only a few yeah. relics from the past showing up. And, and by a few relics of the past, meaning like they consider Sam Roberts part of the past now. Like we're not talking. Uh, oh, there's yeah. no Econoline crush. There's no tea party. All that's gone. Oh, no. All those people are yeah. planning for their retirement, I assume. Um, yeah, or uh, doing like comeback tours for sure. Like thirty, <laughs> being thirty-five years old is old in the rock and roll game. Or yeah, get out. Or to grandpa. Or the flip side, as Lemmy says, if you think you're too old to rock and roll, you probably are. Which I agree mm-hmm. with now, as I'm growing yep. older and and wanting to forget about how lame uh, being on stage rocking out is. As <laughs> and Lemmy never got too old, nope. and that's that's why he's fucking Lemmy. Sorry, o- overall feelings on the album? It's a fucking creep fest. Yeah. A total yeah. creep fest. But that said, there is something about the programming and choices here where I did get a little bit hooked in right at the beginning um, again. Okay. What about you? They took a hard stance towards metal, which was an interesting choice for me. The things got a little bit harder. You got some corn on here. You got some Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, so like they moved into well, like Screamo is very well represented on this. The great unknown sadness is ever present. Oh yes, it was it was an interesting move. It, it felt like uh, they had they had yet again sort of moved on from where they were, which you know I'm always glad to see. I think that shows growth and thought in the programming. Um, I disagree with all their choices, but they made them, and I respect that. That's literally um, how people who are homophobic talk about their children who are gay. <laughs> If this, yeah, this is I the way that homophobes feel about gay kids is how I feel about Big Shiny Tunes 11. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so should we, should we get into the first song here? Yeah, let's do it. Track one, Miss Murder by AFI. Jordan, did you like this song? <laughs> Weirdly, I didn't completely hate it. I can't, I couldn't fully hate I'm, this song. I want to say I'm furious, but go on. Well... First of all, because it feels like a song to me. It doesn't feel like a bunch of garbage that I wish would just stop. I have to uh, mm-hmm. acknowledge that mm-hmm. it has parts. They're very concise. They're very clear about what they want to be. For sure, like the lyrics of this uh, song is Jeff Martin in disguise. For sure, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of overwrought gothic sensibilities that uh, we could make fun of. But in the video, I like how they basically use fascism as a metaphor for fame. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is because it to me, it just seems more honest. It seems more like, oh, like, uh, what do fascism and being a rock star have in common? Probably the innate desire to corrupt anybody that worships you, uh, that you're constantly <laughs> struggling with. Um, and you know, just uh, perhaps setting the tone for things that happen throughout the rest of this album. Uh, this song has some really weird Illuminati vibes, 
um, mm. the cover of the album that this song is on has the three hairs mythological symbol, just the way they're dressed in this weird antechamber palace that they're in. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it seems to be saying something about fame uh, and power in a way that doesn't feel as ham-fisted as other attempts. I didn't fully hate it. <laughs> Okay, the one thing that I got to give it is it's a, a a very catchy hook. Yes. I think the chorus is like, it gets in your head. It's it's well executed. That's cool. Uh, but the rest of it, it just, it felt like Finger Eleven to me. <laughs> yeah, Finger Eleven with a bit of screamo. Um, the, the video, you were more generous than I was watching it, where you thought, you felt, and I think you're probably right. I think I was being too harsh. You think that it's sort of a nod towards um, sort of the fascist inclinations of a lead singer, maybe. Yeah. I was much more like, this guy feels like this is what he wants. I feel, <laughs> I feel like this is really, it's, it's, there's basically like a Nazi rally. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, the, but instead of swastikas on the banners, it's pictures of the members of the band. Um, and there's people in a courtyard sort of chanting and throwing fists up and stuff. I felt like the f- the rest of the video, like the start of it, confused stylistic with boring. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I don't care about this woman. They never really explain why she's there or what she's doing with the three hairs. Um, she's just a beautiful woman in an art deco dress. Yeah. Um, and that's cool, but it's called Miss Murder. Maybe have Miss Murder in it. We've just been exposed to so much bad music now. Mm-hmm that all they're all starting to blend in together at the same sort of ball of nothing to me. That's where AFI sits. Like, I couldn't care less. That's a totally sensible take. It seems like it's just more set in the tone. And, like, this is sort of the most approachable the compilation is going to be with the different subgenres and sub-feelings that emanate from it. Which brings us to this next song, Billy Talent, Devil in a Midnight Mass. Hmm. Chris, yeah, you said you were at the show. I assume you enjoyed this song. Do you know what the song's about? If it's the same thing that the uh, video is about, then it's about child abuse in the church. Yeah, specifically this one pastor or this priest who was accused of molesting over 150 children. Um, Jesus. So they decided to make the song about that certain topic, Mm. which is always interesting because the song is really fun. <laughs> I mean, there's some harrowing lyrics in here, like uh, close your eyes and count to four, pinky swears don't work no more. Like I was like, oh, Jesus. And this episode, uh, I'm just going to forewarn people, uh, marks the return. It's been a while of something I like to call Epstein brain. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while, but uh, there's ample, ample opportunities to get into that throughout the songs here. But that said... I think if you just kind of take the approach of the guy who turned you on to different hip hop, if you don't focus mm. on the lyrics, it's just a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always think of Adam Green. That's my guy. I thought the video was surprisingly well done for talking about something that a lot of people sort of ham fist with the the kids sort of being chased around, not by like some pervy priest or something, yeah. but just sort of a specter and he's you know, he's just trying to fight it off. And then at the end they really drive it home where it's like a bunch of kids dressed as altar boys with no mouths yeah oh yeah that, okay that's what i thought it was about now now i know um but like i thought the editing was really cool i thought it was a uh it, it was a, a very functional video it did exactly what they wanted it to do while still not being too uh literal about it which i i always appreciate i think it's related to gus theory great unknown sadness um mm. in a in a specific way because this stuff actually happens right 
Uh, yeah. And it's super fucked up. And it's not the only time it's happened. It's not the only priest that was accused of molesting. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. It's Catholic church has a long history of that um oh yeah but especially in canada for sure so i think instead of getting into that now let's uh jump to the next song if you're ready yeah for sure so uh the next song is uh this could be anywhere in the world by alexis on fire or if you're quebecois alexi on fire Alexis on fire. <laughs> hey my son <laughs> i bought you a, a band uh, you might like they scream <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't like this song that much, to be honest. Uh, yeah. kind of the same sentiments I had about them. Um, the last episode, they totally rip off a drum beat from Don Caballero, by the way. If anybody doesn't know who that band is, oh. they were a instrumental, uh, math rock band from Chicago in the late nineties. This beat is mm. totally ripped off from that, which is funny, but nice pickup. Yeah. I, I, I thought an interesting way to talk about the song, um, other than hearing, uh, your thoughts on it because I, I don't have much um, is kind of to get into something that feels to me like a little bit related to some kind of post 9-11 Gus feeling that yeah I, I don't know like the, the feeling of this is very Gus to me but I don't know if you mm. have if you had any thoughts on that <laughs> you know as a, I, I think I said the last time it's a band that I sort of feel bad for not liking right um, I feel like I, I should give them more respect than I than I I aim to, and this song um, relieved me of that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> um, I didn't like it. I no longer feel bad about it. I'm fine with it. I just don't like Alexis on Fire. It's the, si- the, the style of singer and screamer just doesn't work for me. It's like, and they're even saying it in the video where it's like they're water and fire. Yeah. Like two things that cancel each other out. It just doesn't work. It's, it's, I was trying to think of like what they're trying. They think that there's salt and caramel, where it's like, what? Oh, I never would have guessed that. But it's pepper and ice cream. I don't want For it. For you, but I guarantee this was definitely somebody's salt and caramel. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't vibe with it at all. And it might, I even wrote down, it might be an age thing, you know, because there's, there's the thing about, um, I know who I am. Yeah. You know, I'm in my mid thirties. I know who I am. I'm, I feel very solid in that. When you're a teenager, you're split down the middle, like this music is. And so maybe that appeals in some way. Um, but I just, it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me at all. But you're talking about you now, but even you then was too old for this too, I think. Cause I was too old for this sentiment yeah. as well. Like I don't, and I don't really know anybody my age who was into Alexis on fire. Like I definitely missed them, but my brother, who's only three years younger than me, like loved Alexis on fire. Um, and so that's how, so he would have been 19 at the time I was 22. I can see that. So that's how like close of a line yeah. where we missed it. This is clearly tailored to teenagers, but so have been the last eight albums. Yeah. If not all of them. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so let's, let's go on to the next one. Make Damn Sure by a band called Taking Back Sunday. Have you ever heard this song before or heard of Taking Back Sunday? No. And I am okay. in absolute dismay that I had to hear this song. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have a lot of thoughts, so I'll just Please. get mine out of the way. Didn't care. Didn't care at all. The only thing that I liked about it Ugh. was... That, that pains me uh, that there's an only. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Hear, hear <sighs> me out. It's like, because where other bands have hinted for years, it's kind of refreshing to hear a guy be honest about the fact that he just wants to ruin a woman's life. Yeah. Because how many bands have beat around the bush? Okay. Whereas this guy just straight up says, 
I'm going to ruin your life, and I love it. That is not anything to commend. <laughs> that upfront. Nope, it's not. But that's as close as I could get. Is the the sheer honesty of what a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess. I guess one point for taking back Sunday, and then yeah. <laughs> negative a million for existing. <laughs> Did you watch the video for this? Hmm. Okay. So my theory um as it relates to gus theory is that if you like examine the imagery in the lyrics for this one it does give another angle of gus and so yeah like you're saying like the lyrics are totally upfront about the abuse that this person uh is putting on um the love interest and especially the line where he keeps repeating you won't ever get too far from me yeah Yeah. fucked up but yeah what really started spinning in my brain is that like culturally in america the suppressed nature of violence i think that the country was inflicting elsewhere in the world and had been for decades Mm -hmm. obviously it's interesting to see how that stuff gets absorbed and then packaged like subconsciously. And Hmm. in that video, there's a very clear shot of a snake. It says a snake or it might be a jaguar um, chasing down a gazelle. And and then, and then it morphs into a uh, shot of like a 10 year old girl doing a cartwheel and her dress comes down. Yeah. So, I had some, I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, I mean, obviously that's clear why that's um, uncomfortable. Is it serious? Was it intentional? I did some digging around about this band. So I don't know if you remember, but there was this guy a few years ago who had this project called Brand New. Um, Oh yeah. So he got called out for basically like having many, many um, accounts of being 26 year old and asking like mm. 15 year old girls for nudes, like 15 year olds who are his fans and yeah, stuff. I remember so he that. was, he yeah. was the original bassist in this band. <laughs> oh shit. I'm not saying that the rest of this band, uh, were like him, mm. but like you would have to know somebody was like that if you were around them. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's going to come out, especially if you're that cramped on tour. Yeah. And so like, I, I think it gives like the lyrics and some of the shots of um, young girls in this video, like a weird new angle. Yeah. And it seems really fucked up to, to place that in the same world as um, Billy talent actually being against that. Cause I don't know if these guys are. <laughs> yeah. Back to back songs. Are clearly against so. that. And, and it's, it seems so cynical to me that if that was the director's choice to like have those shots be this kind of subliminal thing, it just seems that he's being a smart ass with his own role and participating in this kind of like cynical mm. view on it. So I, I thought I was maybe reading too much into it at this point, but the, the, this returns throughout the compilation. So yeah, I mean, obviously I hate the song just as a song it's it's horrible yeah i thought i mean the all the 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 destruction footage in it was especially i remember the first one that jumped out to me was the footage of um bombs being dropped in vietnam yeah yeah and then all the predators and stuff like that and the little girls was obviously super fucking weird yeah that's very hmm if anybody has any knowledge on taking back sunday and their uh uh their uh supposed crimes uh let us know tweet us at big shiny tweets yeah <laughs> hashtag Taking back pedos. <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, let's uh, uh, let's let's get into the next song. Uh, Rockstar by Nickelback. Nickelback's back, baby. Woo! This song was a mega hit. I'm so glad I was not living in Vancouver at the time. Holy shit, you must have heard that everywhere. <laughs> so much, so much, and you know why? It's because they went full Alberta. <laughs> yep. Remember how we were talking before about how like all of their marketing is specific. They're always standing near trucks and there's dusty things yeah. and there's a, but they, they added just where, where in the past two songs, they'd added some like driving rock guitar. This one, they toned it back a bit, made it a little bit country. Yeah. And, uh, they went, they went full Calgary and as a result through the roof, what a big hit. What a bullshit song. <laughs> what kind of bullshit, Chris? Oh, top to bottom bullshit. <laughs> All of it. The song isn't good. The lyrics are stupid. Yeah. Uh, the video <clears throat> is like a combination of uh, fans and just people that they found in the street and then celebrities lip syncing along to the song, which if I want to watch a video with a bunch of uh, celebrities in it, I'm going to watch Liberian Girl by Michael Jackson. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, if you Have you seen that? No. It's a bunch of famous people from the early 90s, Steven Spielberg, etc., um, like big, very famous people okay. waiting for Michael Jackson to show up to a music video shoot. And the whole thing is they're like, where's Michael? Where I haven't, th- how's Mike? Where's Michael? Did you hear Michael's going to be here? And then at the end, it turns out Michael was the one behind the camera the whole time. Oh, and then they all laugh and clap because he's a genius. It's so weird. What's weird about this song is that I think Chad Kroger is talking about uh, a segment of society, which is known as the great unwashed aka the mass or multitude of ordinary people um but it's clear at this point that vast segments of mainstream culture like nickelback revel in peddling a form of hollow and cynical hateful uh bullshit towards its audience that chad kroger Mm -hmm. is the fucking brave heart of um (laughs) and it's but i i of course like i i hated the song instantly but then what kind of became interesting was that I started thinking about how Chad Kroger, unlike somebody like Kid Rock who appears in this video, he didn't mm. grow up rich. He grew in, nope. he grew into his fame. When people who aren't musicians dream of being rock stars, they don't think about the joy of playing music. They think of all the stuff that he's talking about. And I think that in that way, it is kind of honest. It actually, in, in theme, it reminded me of Beverly Hills, the Weezer song. Where it's people that are like, this won't be my life, but this is what I would like from it if I got it. It might have been done cynically, but I think that it resonated for a reason. And I think that he was right about a lot of it. That's when when people think about it, they think about the money and the women and the cars and the 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 fame as a, a fame as a, a, a tool and a catapult and a reflection on how great you are, as opposed to the joy of making what made you famous instead. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think that um, this song is kind of a fuck you to his audience. Um, but you may not see it that way. And maybe uh, he's yeah. just like really clever in, in, in that way. But I, I think to me, I, I can't help but separate the cameos in this music video and what this song is about with remembering like what it was like driving through America at that time. Uh it yeah. seems so disconnected from most people's realities that it, to me, I can't read it as anything but a fuck you. <laughs> oh, see, that's that's the disconnect is is the point for me, the fantasy of it. 
partly because he did come from that. And the way that he lived as a famous person very much was that. Right. And not everyone lives that life when they're famous. And so I, I think that those are the parts that he probably really thought about before he was famous and really wanted. I think it was more honest than that, than cynical. I feel like his, his formula by nature is fairly cynical. Well, I guess if Chad Kroger is aware of the animal that he's become, then uh, we can at least uh, segue into this <laughs> next song, uh, which is by Three Days Grace, Animal I Have Become. Um, you know what? I If this was a game of Monopoly, I'm using my get-out-of-jail-free card. I Again, we've talked about this. most insulting thing you can say about a band is not much. Uh, the only thing I wa- really want to say about the boring formula of the song it's that it felt like if nine inch nails tried to make a song for am radio yeah fair enough and that's all i'll say about that i mean one thing that i like and it, it shares with a great band sunset rubdown is uh they do an animal animal i have become not i've no contractions just proper grammar thank you very much it's you guys and uh and three days grace just buds just you're the same you're basically the same uh, <laughs> ouch that hurt yeah i bet <laughs> the um um, the way the way that it opened with that sort of creeping bass line is something that would have absolutely hooked me in when I was younger. I used to love songs that did that. Yeah. I lost uh, any residual respect I may have had in the deepest corners of uh, my being for Three Days Grace when I saw the video because <laughs> they used to be Mohawk denim dudes yeah. and now they're AFI with stained vocals. You know what? If you'd stuck to your guns, it would have been, at least been like, way to good for you, I guess. Yeah. But they, they pivoted to try to do something more popular, and I hate it just as much. Uh, Gus, may, big theme, great on unsaid. Yeah, this is this is AM radio Gus. That's that's how I define yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This is your mom's Gus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one thing in the video that I that I kind of liked. When it went black and ended? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great part. I really enjoyed that. But there's this one scene where he's, he's walking down the street, and he's in a bad mood. Yep. And um, and he's dropping shoulders on people like he's just sort of shoving through people on the street. And I like that because this song is about this guy has become an asshole, yeah. that they're pointing that out is not like a tough thing to do. Because I know like a lot of guys think that like, I'm tough. I'm not going to move. And it's and this video is like, no, you're being an asshole. That's a real dick move. <laughs> uh, I don't think they necessarily intended it that way, but I, I appreciated that from it. Yeah. The end of the video really bothered me. So throughout the whole thing, he's sort of looking in his reflection and he sees like a monster version of himself in it, right? Uh, with like bad CGI. So he's walking down the street and he, see, he sees his reflection. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. He gets to a bar and he walks through the bar and he knocks everyone's drinks out because he's a jackass. And then um, he sees the date, the woman he's supposed to meet. Okay. And he looks at her and he sort of collapses on the table because he's like so ashamed of what he's become. And he looks up and she's a monster and it's her fault. He's not a must. She made him a monster. And I was like, you piece of shit. This better be based on one woman that really fucking ruined your life. And she's the reason you changed your hair. Because if this is just like, it's not your fault, it's her fault. <laughs> I uh, I really hated that. I was really mad when he looked up and she was the monster and then he throws a glass through a fucking window like an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really mad about that. Good. Good. I, I'm yeah. glad you were able to carve out a space of hate for them. Although I feel yeah. like I hated it more just because I don't even want to acknowledge their existence. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, it, it, if you're listening to this, don't listen to Three Days Grace. That's our tip of the day. Are you ready for this next one, bud? 
Fuck me, man. This this album sucks. Oh <laughs> boy, do we hate this one, I think. Oh boy, do we Jesus hate this Christ. one. This is 30 Seconds to Mars with The Kill, Bury Me. Chris, do you want to do the honors of breaking this down for us? Jared Leto can eat my ass. <laughs> He sucks. And you know what? I bet every member of this band would agree with mm-hmm. us. Um, and this whole video is so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's just, we get it. You like The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who cares? It's just like, it's not It's not done in an interesting way. They don't do anything with it. They just stylistically rip off a bunch of things from a fantastic movie by a brilliant director. And then at the end, there are twins. The scariest thing of all. What a twist. It's just bullshit. The whole song is just... The song's bad. The video's stupid. Jared Leto's an asshole. What about you? What'd you think? <laughs> the fact that Jared Leto makes himself the Jack Torrance of uh, mm-hmm. this music video, I think, speaks volumes. The fact that yeah. a part of him was just like, oh, like my movie career isn't enough to really get to meet the people I want. I, I want to start a band for teenage girls, I think, is all you really need to know. Fuck Jared Leto. Not interested. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Let's get to it. Yeah. All right. Next song. Hate Me by Blue October. You know what, Blue October? <laughs> I will. You got it, bud. Anything for you. Yeah, he hates himself Gus. so much that he interrupts <laughs> his own verse with the chorus. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> No, I didn't. He no. doesn't even finish saying the words of the la- of the first verse before the chorus comes in. It was really funny. <laughs> you hate you. Yeah, I mean, this song's "Bright Eyes for Bros" is how I felt about it. Um, mm. It's uh, it's. I feel bad, kind of mocking this one a little bit for some reason. Yeah. Um, did you watch the nine uh, eleven truther clip I sent you about this lead singer? Oh shit! I forgot about that. Okay, so the uh, singer of Blue October, whose name is Justin Furstenfeld. <laughs> Fun. First in name, first in Feld. <laughs> I guess at some point around this time, he became one of those 9-11 conspiracy dudes. Okay. And I thought that was really interesting for one specific reason. So one thing that really doesn't sit well for me in this song is one of these lyrics, Chris, which is mm. he talks about get it, being three months sober. Mm-hmm. Can you do me a favor right now and look up three month sober coin? I love the level of research you put into this podcast, ma'am. <laughs> three month sober coin listeners, look this up. Oh, yeah. That's a big old Illuminati triangle. Yeah, kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah, with the three right in the middle where the eye would go. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> More trends of Epstein Brain. <laughs> this is another one where, um, like, it's a rare thing to see. Mm. Um, and in the 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 song earlier, it was terrible because he was being honest about how much he just wants to destroy a woman's life. But in this one, he's not blaming the woman. He's he's actually being like, "I'm a piece of shit. You did your best. Please give up on me because I'm not getting better." Which is real Gus vibes. Like that's. Stone cold Gusness, but I think there's something in that. Um, this uh, to me, I wrote out this is um, 
This is the white version of Hey Mama by Kanye. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because that song is just like a joyous celebration of his mother and like thanking her for all the hardships and the patience and being in his corner when he needed her. Yeah. And this one is, you were in my corner and I hate myself. <laughs> he doesn't blame her though, which I like. He's He never blames his mom. Yeah. I don't know. It, it made me uncomfortable. Uh, and mm. I, you know what, Justin? No, I will not hate you. I will... Uh, hope that you get better. Oh, you're exactly the kind of person he shoves out of his life. Uh, I will hate this next song, though. <laughs> yeah. All American Rejects back at it, huh? All American Rejects move along. His creepy face just ate up the whole music video. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like it was like the Nickelback video, but they didn't have enough fans to fill it out. So it just had to be him. <laughs> Do you think, Chris, that once we finish this podcast, you, you know how... Um, like people in world wars had shell shock. Mm. Well, doing this podcast be our version of that. You know, when you, you know, when you look the, the, the past in the, in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as opposed to through uh, rose colored glasses, that's what we've done. So I won't be able to look back and go, man, music used to be so much better. Yeah. That's dead for me. Yeah. <laughs> There's no going back. I, I think that a lot of these songs, even though we will try to forget about them, will just pop up in inopportune times in our lives where we really don't want to be thinking about them. We might be witnessing the birth of our first child, or we might be um, having a beautiful moment at a sunset somewhere, and then one of these songs might just enter our brain. Um, we all just want to be big rock stars. Uh, no! I deserve that for last week's uh, earworm of... Um, I can't even remember it. You know what? You, you know the one I'm talking about, but let's not sing it. Let's... Uh, um, how could this happen to me? <laughs> yeah. Um, next. Yeah. Next. I, I, I don't have any theories on this. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very boring. The most interesting thing about it was uh, in the video, how many different ways they were able to do his hair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and how dare you for pretending that you could ever be a doctor, or somebody of use for society. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Chris, you um, owe our listeners an apology for saying that this band was be was going to be the last time we were ever going to listen to them. That is Mobile with See Right Through Me. I really, really could have sworn <laughs> that there would never be another uh, Mobile song ever, Not let alone on Big Shiny Tunes. <laughs> I just thought they'd be like, well, we gave it a shot. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. But nope, here they are with See Right Through doing it again thoughts um i you, you know you know what though this was this was a weird one for Uh-oh. me where and i think it was because the music video tricked Uh-oh. me uh because the music video is like a lot of montreal scenes and so there's like um you know the 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 olympic stadiums in the background i used to live near the olympic stadium yeah. um that that abandoned three-story car park that you and i used to go wander around mm-hmm. we, we used to get high and just walk around do you remember when we saw the peloton races setting up in there i do that was a great day that was a great day. Uh, we almost got hit by a train on the train tracks right behind there because we were sitting on the tracks eating chicken sandwiches and and we were we were so engrossed in the conversation yep. we didn't hear the train coming. So th- you're saying this gives you good memories? <laughs> See, I don't know because it brought up a lot of good memories. And so what I here's what I found was like I ended up actually kind of enjoying the the music part. I hated the vocals. I hated all the lyrics, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the actual like instrumental part, yeah, yeah. I I found myself thinking. If there was someone else singing different things over this, <laughs> I would probably enjoy this song. Okay. I I suppose that is forgivable. <laughs> I um first off, the lyrics 
I feel like they must have had somebody else writing the lyrics for the other songs because this seems like somebody put uh, French into a early English translator system. <laughs> the lyrics are just weird. If you read them on paper, they look like somebody who uh, has English as their second language. Um, hmm. But uh, that aside, um, this is another music video, uh, another Canadian music video uh, that shows suicide being prevented by a band. Um, yep. And as this... He finally found his home. As this video is happening, we see this depressed teenager reaching out for help, interspersed with um, shots of... Uh, what are these guys called again? Mobile playing uh, under the Jacques Cartier Bridge. And then as he's mm. on the internet looking for... I, I think he just writes in a chat room, like, somebody please help me. And then he gets this anonymous message with the Jacques Cartier bridge. And so before I saw like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, Oh, please, please be mobile that are going to save you. And mm-hmm. sure enough, he shows up and all these people are dancing to mobile. And to me, it's hilarious um, that the band is positing themselves as the bastion for all these teenagers. But then it got me thinking about Gus theory again. And uh, Again, like one of the traits that defines Gus is that Gus itself contains multitudes of definitions. Hence unknown. Right. So like in the case of this video, especially, I think the Gus we see is the yearning for some kind of true father, which is sort of funny because it means according to the narrative of this video, uh, and if you're a depressed teenager, mobile mobile wants to be your dad, which is, <laughs> which is kind of creepy, but I sort of buy it. Oh, see, I didn't get, I, I got more that he found a community Yeah, because that was the first time that he was in a crowd. So I, I didn't think that it was about a dad. I thought that it was about a sense of belonging, Well, but, which but, can be dad stuff. <laughs> belonging but. to a community of people who worship dads. <laughs> All right. I don't. <laughs> these these guys are way too old to have that fan base, man. These guys look like they're old enough to be the fathers of the teenagers dancing to their music. Oh yeah, but that's I mean that's most bands. That's uh that's almost every band on this on this compilation. They're all in their thirties. No man, Mobile at this point were like fifty. They were not. I'm not looking 50. that up. <laughs> Mobile, if you're around, uh, please have the retirement community call us and let us know you want to be on the podcast. Is that why it's called mobile? Like, because I thought it was mobile, but it's mobile to try to like trick yes. kids into paying attention. To like <laughs> um, continuing with uh, Montreal bands, should we go to the next one? Yeah, there's a few Montreal bands on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next song is uh, "The Gate" by Sam Roberts. It's off the album Chemical City. I love yep. it. It's classic Sam Roberts. He sounds like a, de- a descendant of BTO. The video is terrible. Uh, the song is just a good ass time. I have nothing more to say. I don't have much to say either. It's another, um, Sam Roberts acid revelation trip, uh, song. And to paraphrase Mm -hmm. the Batman movie, um, this is not the hero the compilation needs, but the hero it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Might, might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Sam Roberts, he's not our hero. He's our silent guardian. He's a watchful protector. <laughs> he's a dark knight. <laughs> it is. I think this is the only song that I truly enjoyed on the whole album. For sure. It's uh it's fun. Yeah. Sam Roberts is um he's become yeah, he he's effectively he put Sloan out of work for the big shiny tunes <laughs> spot. That's what I was gonna say. He's the new Sloan. Yeah. It's just like, oh thank God he's here. <laughs> it just makes me feel like I'm at home. Yeah. Um should we move on then? 
Yeah. Yeah. Just way to go, Sam Roberts. Keep it up, bud. Thanks. You know, he released an album in 2020. I'm going to give it a listen. I'm curious about it. Cool. I hope he's uh, moved on to some other uh, drug. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's, I hope he's okay. That story that you told me about Alex seeing him live really shook me. I know. It's a bit haunting, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I really hope he's all right. Sam, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know why I looked in the camera. You can't see me. Uh, what do we got next? <laughs> oh, God. Um, the Adventure by Angels and Airwaves. Side project of Tom DeLonge. Well, not side project. He left Blink-182 at this point and, um, and made a new band. I really feel like Tom missed a great opportunity in not calling the side project or this new band Blink-182U2 because that's what this song sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, didn't didn't like it. Uh, I forgot he did this. Uh, they released five albums. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, Tom DeLonge is that weird, uh, uh, sits in a weird place for me where I don't know if it's because of how much I loved Blink-182 around the Dude Ranch era. And I listened to like Buddha and what was it? Cat, Cat something like their, their, their garage release, self-release albums. Um, but even though I don't like this at all, yeah. I root for him. <laughs> Like, I just want him to be okay, and I want him to succeed. And also, I love that he forced the Navy to admit that there are UFOs. I think that's very funny. Well, I want him to succeed in the way that um, somebody that you don't expect to even be able to finish the marathon. Like, it's not like you're, mm. he, you're, you expect him to come first or second. You just want him to be able to do the marathon. Yeah, I want him to, I want him to be able to walk away with his head held high. I just want him to be okay. Um, I don't want him to make any more music like this. <laughs> I, I know, uh, man. It's like... So what was funny about the programming of the Sam Roberts song and this Angels and Airwaves song back-to-back is that both these songs uh, are kind of trying to be this cosmic revelation song. So in previous episodes, I talked about that website, Arrowhead, that catalogs Mm -hmm. all uh, plants and substances known to man and how it interacts uh, people's experiences perceiving reality and they would have these trip reports and I guess the people that ran the website would grade them. So um, mm. if Sam Roberts did a trip report, it would be high up there. It would be like a really high grade. And uh, mm. he, Sam Roberts descriptions are like the Aldous Huxley written versions. <laughs> uh, whereas, nice. whereas Tom DeLonge's uh, report is like the fucking ape man, Joe Rogan's version. It's like here, li- literally, like his, his the lyric of the song. Hey yo, here I am, and here we go. Life's waited to begin, bro. Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you? There's a there's a scene in the music video that I just kept. I couldn't help but laugh at, and it's where he's walking along like a green <laughs> hill with his arms in the air, trying to find Sting, I suppose so funny he looks so like out of place and it doesn't suit him it's just yeah it's all just very silly and uh tom delange i I wish i wish nothing but the best for that man Uh, yeah but i will very happily never listen to another song that he sang i just remembered what it reminded me of it had this feeling do you remember in the original back to the future where when he finally um makes his dad cooler and goes back to 1985 how Mm-hmm. how George McFly looks compared to the nerdier version of himself in 1985. Yeah. Like the, the kind of prosthetics and makeup they gave Crispin Glover, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to have this cool look. That's exactly the yeah. same quality. It's this weird, uncanny, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're trying to be somebody else, but <laughs> I still see. Yeah. Still, yeah. yeah. 
We've seen too much of you, bud. Yeah. This is wrong. Well, speaking of not seeing enough of people, and by people, uh, specifically women, <laughs> once again, we get to Much Music's... Uh, much, much Music? Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, Mitch Music. Short for Mitchell Music. <laughs> once again, we get to Much Music's token gesture uh, in acknowledging that, yes, women make music too. You're welcome, listeners. Yay! They did it! Woo. We got Metric's Poster of a Girl. Um, and I can see this as being the only real redeeming thing about this edition of the compilation, Sam Roberts aside. Um, mm. I wasn't really a fan of metric. I think I liked dance beats that were more polyrhythmic and spazzy than this, but I can definitely still appreciate the song and its message, especially in light of the fact that Jared Leto still exists within our world. Um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the outro to the song. It's, it's a good song. Hmm. I liked it very, very Montreal sound. Um, I think I said at the the outro of last week's episode that um, Emily Haynes came in to Sparrow once. Oh. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been nicer. We hung out a long time after closing, like her and a bunch of very fawning regulars from the Sparrow, which was so fun to watch. Uh, right up her ass. <laughs> Just so funny. <laughs> Like people that are like normally very cool and very aloof. Yeah. And then she came in and they just, woo, they glommed onto that. It was hilarious. Um, hanging on her every word. <laughs> they, uh, uh, but she was like, she spent the whole night talking about friendship and how important friends are to her. And so I decided to put that to the test because one of my, one of my absolute oldest friends, uh, Russell, who's a very, very dear friend, um, is a huge metric fan. Yeah. Which I didn't think was a thing, but he fucking loves metric. And so when she came in, I just sent him a quick text being like, dude, guess who's here? Yeah. And he went nuts. He was so excited. And um, and then like a few hours later, she'd been talking about friendship for fucking ever. Because she was really drunk. So, you know, they just sort of pick a topic and just okay. go. Um, but she was being very sweet about it. And um, and so... What was she drinking, I said, by the way? Do you remember? Uh, uh, Prosecco. I wouldn't picture anything less. <laughs> We, we ran out of Prosecco. They drank us dry. But you know how drunk people just grab a thing and that's it? That's all yeah, they can yeah. think about for the next four hours? Uh, so that was friendship was hers. And so um, so I decided to put it to the test. And I was like, hey, I know this isn't cool. Oh, no. Uh, no, you didn't. I oh, had no. to. I had to. If you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, my friend. Oh, God. So, and I even explained. I was like, I know that this isn't cool. And I would never do this otherwise. But you've been talking about friendship this whole time. And one of my absolute oldest friends is a huge fan of yours. Would you mind sending him a text from okay. my phone? Well, you didn't make her. You didn't make her talk on the phone then. Okay, good. No, of course not. Jesus okay. Christ! Especially drunk. What, a, <laughs> oof, what kind of monster would I be? No, it's just like, would you mind sending him a text from my phone? And she said, "I tell you what, um, I'm very drunk, but I will dictate a text. <laughs> you send it to your friend." And so that's 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 what we did. She she um, I can't remember what she said now, but it meant the world to Russell. That's cool. Like it was a really big thing. It really, it warmed his heart, and I was, uh, I love that she did it because, like, the fucking daggers the people around her were throwing me as I said it. <laughs> Ooh, they were mad that I was bringing it up, <laughs> um, and I was like, as if you haven't been fucking kissing her ass all night. Don't give me that shit. Uh, but it was, uh, but it was, a, it was a really fun night, and so I, I'm predisposed to enjoying Metric because she was such a, a, a lovely patron. Um, but also the song's really good. I wanted I wanted the chorus where she sings the poster of a girl line sort of over and over. I wanted that to be a lot longer. I think that's such a fucking cool moment in the song. Yeah, leave him wanting more. 
Really liked it. I gotta say, if you're gonna whisper uh, in French, though, I'm gonna compare you to Serge Gainsbourg. I know you. I need you to know that. That's what's gonna happen. And so I don't think she would have liked it that I was thinking of Serge Gainsbourg while she was whispering in French <laughs> on stage. But that's just what fucking happened. Fair enough. The line coming in your pants really stood out. Sure. I mean, I don't... I was sort of listening to it, and then out of nowhere, she's like, coming in your pants. I was like, wait, what? Hold on. Well, I mean, you, as established in previous episodes, are all about the penis go harder. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> Make the penis go harder. No, uh, I mean, this is totally a, not a song meant for you, though. It's it's meant for yeah. uh, girls who have to deal with uh, dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was, and I, you know, what it reminded me of is that um, that line from uh, the Fuji's album, "The Score," where Lauren Hill goes, and even after all my logic and my theory, I had a motherfucker, so you ignorant hear me. Yeah, and that was the like coming in the pants. I was like, hey, that was jarring. What? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool song, cool band, um, great work. Um, okay, so the next song, "Woof." <laughs> Lights and Sounds by Shock of Shocks, Yellow Card. They're back. To paraphrase Chris Martin of Coldplay, who should have been in this spot, because they were called <laughs> Yellow Card. <laughs> this this band is heartbreaking to me, not because I like them or want anything good to happen to them, but just because of what they stand yeah. for, which is this, like, they are they have all the things that very big bands have. Like the sound is that it's all polished and it does all the stuff that rock music that gets very large has, but there is zero charisma. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's blandly inoffensive. Yeah. There's nothing to it. You forget it. As soon as you heard it, you, I couldn't, I couldn't pick any of the members out of a goddamn lineup. I keep thinking, I keep confusing the lead singer with the singer from Widemouth Mason. Um, (laughs) They just from his face, just from not not even the same decade or the same country. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just what I've got in there. I uh these these are those ones where it's like, what happened to them? Why didn't they make it? It's like because they just that spark, whatever it is, yeah, that makes you look at something, whatever Cardi B has. Right. These guys do not have. I think this is true of a lot of people that are trying to make pop music. It's not just formula. There has to be something clever yet so simple about it that it it'll last through the decades, right? Like something so basic yeah. that people uh who listen to it have a reaction sometimes of well i could have done that except you didn't right yeah. and buddy buddy holly by weezer yeah. is a great example and, and 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 the fact like what yellow card did here is so sad to me because they sacrificed all the joyful magic that should come from like trying to make a pop song or an upbeat rocker um hmm. like billy talent succeeded with it on this yeah. Yeah. compilation but um you know about a harrowing subject yeah but but what was really weird to me uh and which kind of almost like goes back to a um, salvia flashback is the fact that the music video design of this song is the same as that Coldplay music video. They're they're playing in a room with a bunch of lights. And also this song is called lights and sounds and the Coldplay song is called Mm. speed of sound. So it's like weirdly they share the same blend like name and vibe. It's, I don't know. Something's weird here. I don't. I don't like it, and I feel uh, again uh, that the Illuminati might be behind it, Chris. Yeah, this was someone must have really wanted them to win because <laughs> there is no reason for this. And that that whole music video is set up to be like, we are a big time band. We're not an indie. We're not a small thing. We're made up to look like rock stars. The stage setup is vaguely what you would have at the back of a stadium show. Yeah. 
this is we are going to be huge it's a statement video and nope didn't work out just didn't happen yeah but someone saw that in them and was wrong yeah um well i would like to know who the someone is that saw something in this next band (laughs) jesus christ i fucking hate this This next song is under oath i don't even know how to pronounce it because the o has a um uh owl under (laughs) owl (laughs) Writing on the Walls, which I think was the title of, close to the title of some other song we talked about recently. It was like Writings on the Wall, maybe a couple episodes back. Anyways, I mean, you like, do you want to talk about this first? (laughs) I just, I don't even care about this. It just, it reminded me of why like Screamo always leaves me cold. Like, I don't care. I loved metal because it was angry. That's what I got out of metal. And this isn't angry. This is self-pity. Yeah. And I don't care. I I it's just boring and uh it lacks it lacks whatever backbone the music that had driving guitars and loud thumping drums that I loved had it's just the video is like purposely obtuse yeah I yeah I just I I don't care I don't care about under owl <laughs> although it is fun to say their name yeah, sure <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't think you hate screamo I think you hate what screamo became and to me, what's interesting is that it started as something totally different that came from um, evolutions of music that was really in the underground um, in back in the late 90s. And to me, it's just like another example of the mainstream slowly twisting a subculture of music in order to fit a mold cater towards sad teenagers. And so like the only real deep thought I had about the song was that I think the gold standard of the music that the people behind choosing uh, for big shiny tunes is, is that we need to figure out a way how to keep teenagers sad enough where they're not too sad to go out and buy the compilation. <laughs> Where's that sweet spot? Yeah. And I think this is big shiny tunes is uh, example of what that looked like at the time. It's like, Oh, well, Alexis on fire is pretty big. Let's uh, get another uh, few bands on here that, uh, best exemplify whatever this emotion is i don't know what it is i just see the money coming in (laughs) yeah and this is i mean this is one of those songs that's really in the like where they they were trying to make it a harder album than it's been in the past yeah but again like like i said i mean i'm glad that they they picked a lane Mm -hmm. um i hate that lane (laughs) totally (laughs) (laughs) i will never merge i will never merge into this lane (laughs) Uh, next, next song. Next song is Avenge Sevenfold with Bat Country. Uh, Chris, I want you to get all your thoughts out about this song. I have two thoughts. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, we get it. You like Hunter S. Thompson. And, uh, that was a really fucking long four minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was it. That was it. These guys are still going. They're still a band. They're like, I'm not surprised. Near, they're near top billing at, uh, like metal music festivals. Yeah. Jesus. I hate that. I think, I mean, maybe they've got other songs that are better and Big Shiny Tunes picked a bad one. But judging by this, like, I really, really don't like this band. I mean, I, I think this song is the same level of ridiculousness as that Disturbed song. So for that, yeah. I I kind of like it despite itself. Did you know that the lead singer of this band calls himself M. Shadows? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I didn't really have many thoughts about this song. So um, I actually, I reached out to someone who did and I asked them to appear on the podcast right now to say a few things about this. Um, Cool. uh, Do you have any guess who that might be? 
No, but I'd love to. I'd love to meet well, them. Well, you're about to. Why? It's none other than 2006 Batman. 2006 Batman. Are you there? You wanted me. Here I am. Um. Well, you asked to be on, actually. So, why did you want to appear on the show, 2006 Batman? Avenged Sevenfold aren't from Bat Country, but I am. What are you trying to prove? Uh, okay, Chris, do you have any questions for 2006 Batman? Oh, Bat, what's the? Can you sing the national anthem for Bat Country? M. Shadows, the singer, only lives to destroy the hopes of all those who love music. He's garbage who sings for money. Is that the national anthem? That's crazy. I can't believe they mentioned him in the national anthem. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like 2006 Batman only feels insulted because they called the song Bat Country, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that vibe as well, which is, which is too bad because it's clearly a reference to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is what everything in this music video is in the most ham-fisted nonsense way. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a bunch of strippers who turn into lizards and the, a car that literally has bat wings driving through the desert. Uh, yeah. The, I hate this. This What they did was the same thing that 30 Seconds to Mars did with The Shining. Totally. Um, if you if you remove Epstein brain. Um, it's just people taking a movie that they loved and doing a terrible job of recreating. Yeah. I, I, I really think this is... I don't think this had anything to do with you, 2006 Batman. I think this was more just uh, about the music. I only agreed to appear on this podcast because you know where Avenged Sevenfold live. Tell me where they are. I I don't know. I think they come from Florida, maybe. Chris, do you know? Uh, they look like Florida. I didn't do any research. Where are they? <laughs> all right. All right. 2006 Batman. I think I've had quite enough of your shenanigans. All right. 2006 Batman. Do you have anything left to say? Yes. A hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a good song in a young boy's ear to let him know that the world hasn't ended. Any particular song you'd recommend that we put in a young boy's ear, 2006 Batman? Yes, the theme song to Batman. <laughs> All right, good so show. long, Batman. Bye, Batman. Uh, wow, he's tense. He sure is. Well, um, speaking of more animal characters we got wolf mother with woman <clears throat> chris you're not allowed to like this song i forbid you from liking this i hate this shit the 60s failed cream sucked and eric clapton's a dingus <laughs> but it's so fun and he clearly wants to be mark Bowler. this is a wet garbage smell song for you i think is what this is yeah very much so uh the uh actually you know not even i actually kind of just on the face enjoy the song it reminds me of jet and the hives <laughs> it's just fun and stupid but also, my favorite hockey team, the Vancouver Canucks, play the Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother when they skate onto the ice. And that is just so many good memories for me. Yeah. And so as a result, I just like it. Plus, this song also reminds me of a song by the Flight of the Concords, uh, which is called Devil Woman or Demon Woman. Okay. Um, which is very silly. Yeah, I can't I can't hate Wolfmother. I think they're just fun, fun nonsense rock. And I think they know it which I'm okay with. Fair enough. I, I got a soft spot for certain parts of 60s revivalism, but not this kind. Oh, man. Two more songs. Which should be one more song, but we'll get to that egregious offense soon. <laughs> Absolutely furious. <laughs> Twisted Transistor is the name of this gem. <laughs> By Korn. Once Korn had become irrelevant, I think. I never Largely, thought... Right? Yeah, I never thought... Corn would have the one upbeat fun song on here. <laughs> yeah. 
I I uh, hated this. <laughs> I hated the song actually. Uh, Talked about. I really hated the song, and I used to love Corn. Like I really, really like. I listened to not their best album, but uh, the next best one, which is Follow the Leader. Uh, I listened to a lot. I really enjoyed them. Um, and this is not this is not the Corn that no. I love. I still I respect the backwards R. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and the K. Don't forget the K. Ooh, the K. Oh, is it a backwards K? You don't spell corn with a K. Didn't you know that? <laughs> no, that's how I've always spelt it. I just I, I just thought that, you know, those guys would never steer me wrong. So I've always spelt it K-O backwards R. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I find it very difficult in uh, green grocers. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, much much in the way that much in the way that my uh, uh, my guidance counselor couldn't find network records. <laughs> uh, I haven't had anything on a cob in decades. Oh, imagine cornholing with a K. What would that be? <laughs> I'll knock your R backwards, boy. To me, it's just weird uh, <laughs> when it's corn trying to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, they're having so much fun. This video is so silly. So, like, if, if watch this video, uh, like, just pause pause the episode, watch the video. It's got Lil John, Snoop Dogg, Exhibit, and another guy, and they're playing corn. Yeah, and they play shows, and it's sort of Spinal Tap esque. Yeah, um, because they've got like Nard Nardwars in it. He's in it. Um, what? He's in it. Yeah, uh, he does an accent. You don't notice him. Oh, uh, yeah. They've got um, it's just fucking silly. Yeah. It's just a silly few minutes where Snoop Dogg plays. Uh, what's what's the name of the Jonathan Davis? Oh no, he plays Monkey. No, that's the he singer. plays Monkey. Monkey, yeah. yeah, he plays Monkey. And Monkey is like a diva who just smacks people in the face all the time and yeah. uh, doesn't take any crap. And um, yeah, it's just and and they did things with it that um, like some of the things that they did with Fame were very funny to me, like when. Um, the one guy had a modeling career mm -hmm. and they were all really mad at him and started hitting him. And then later, like something got caught up in the wind and it cut his face. And he's like, my face, my modeling face. <laughs> there he is. Kill him. And his bouncer just chases this guy. And it's like, those feel like real uh, famous people tropes that we don't, we don't hear about all the I time. I mean, this, this video is more fun than Rockstar. I'll say that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then when actual corn played the record label, come on, man, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, it could have been a lot more painful. I'll say that. A lot of strippers and music videos in this year. Did you notice? Uh, no. I mean, you're talking about just with the videos that we saw in this compilation. Yeah, just just on this compilation. So it's like uh, Twisted Transistor had them in. Rockstar by Nickelback, obviously. Rockstar by Nickelback had them in. Uh, the Avenged Sevenfold music video had them yeah. in. Um, and I think one or two others as well. Just a weird, just a weird thing that I noticed. It's a, uh, you know, you, you notice the tropes. Yeah. You know, off, off a lot of strippers and music videos in 2006. Feels like an odd move. For sure. I mean, having, uh, an alleged pedophile on the compilation too, seems like a weird move. <laughs> and, uh, you'll notice, that, uh, no strippers in that video. Hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Jared Leto, what are you hiding? Hmm. <laughs> So, you know how Canadians have uh, that timeless reputation for being nice? Yes. You thought you were getting 18 amazing songs. Well, we're such kind-hearted people at Much Music that we decided to throw in an extra one for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Whoa. The last song, My Chemical Romance, Heaven Help Us. Heaven Help Us. You needed help. Well, here I am. <laughs> oh, go away back to your cave. <laughs> Fine. Um, I, uh, 
I have one question about this before we get into the song, and it's a, on the bonus track nature of it. Do you think this was a classic bonus track where there was like a minute of silence after the corn song, and then My Chemical Romance came in uncredited? Or did it say the name of the song, and then they just wrote bonus song Ooh. next to Ooh, it? That's, a, that's actually a hard question because I do think much music has the hubris to think that they are rewarding people who keep listening past the silence of a song ending to add that yeah mm. yeah i i think it was hidden i think oh oh i hate that <laughs> oh man what oh <laughs> i like <laughs> really upset honestly you. the only the only notes i made for this i was so glad to just be getting it over with i think i really copped out with the bonus track because the only two notes i had was awful and batman <laughs> that's funny i yeah i don't have i i there's no video for this <laughs> And they like I honestly I was like what do, did they just hate the corn song like did they listen back to the whole album and go uh we can't close with that corn song <laughs> we gotta throw something else in here and so there's my chemical romance happened to be walking down the hall <sighs> and they were like quick give me a song yeah this it's not good it's bo- it's boring which is an t- awful crime yeah. <laughs> um, it felt like it could have been made by any of the bands on this album yeah uh, yeah I just didn't did not care no and nor should you uh, but yet we have made it to the end of another installment of big shiny tunes 11 down 11 down fucking uh three more to go and then another four discs of retrospective and then just a fun time just a fun time yeah anything is fun compared to now is how i'm feeling in 2006 yeah i feel like they knew we were going to do this podcast and they're punishing us oh i've simulation theory i've totally felt like uh this is my soul's uh, karmic justice for having lived a past life. Perhaps that was apparently not so great because I don't know why else <laughs> I would uh, agree to subject myself to this other than being relinquished from the karmic binds of the cosmos. Yeah, because it's otherwise it's for free. We're not making any money <laughs> yeah. making this. This is just free. We've spent hours and weeks of our life talking about a thing that we objectively hate. Yeah. It's community service for any time I thought it was acceptable to use a distortion pedal. Yeah, this. Uh, I, I. I mean, I shudder to think what I did. Um, I feel like I. Uh, what I'm paying for is all the times I droned on as a whiskey drunk. I think that's what this is. Is big shiny tunes is me talking bullshit at some. Either that, or any time you let the sound engineer choose your opening music. I do that every time. Either that or I request Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. <laughs> oh, man. I I just can't get over the fact that um, I never thought about Jared Leto as much as I did in this episode. And mm. um, I don't wish to hear more 30 Seconds to Mars songs. but uh, And I'm afraid to look at the track listing for Oh, God, next there can't week. be another one, can there? Oh, man. Anyways... I'm taking a look. I'm going there now. Where are we? Okay. Okay. Terrible, terrible. Fine. Terrible. That's going to be sad. <laughs> terrible. Uh, maybe good. Terrible. Ooh, ooh, this is a bad one. And then there's a bunch of bands I haven't heard of. Okay. But no more 30 seconds to Mars. No more 30 seconds. But it, it almost got me with um, 10 second epic. <laughs> 
I I had to take a second to reread it because I was like, you motherfucker. Uh, you almost got wow. me. Big Shiny Tunes is so against having women on it that all they gave us was a poster of a girl. <laughs> yes. Yes. Big Shiny Tunes <laughs> is uh, so against having normal people on this compilation that they gave us Jared fucking Leto. Jared Leto, go fuck yourself. Jared Leto, if you somehow found this podcast, just know that we don't like you. And I know you don't care. You're very rich and famous, but we don't like you, and I want you to live with that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, well, I don't like you. I don't want to speak for Jordan. Yeah, I, I don't know you, and I don't want to know you. That's how I feel. They're, they're, fair enough. That's probably much more even-handed than my take. <laughs> yeah, let me put it this way. Uh, if, if you were drowning in the ocean, I'd throw you a fucking barbell. Oh, because it's heavy. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, please rate and review. You can follow us on Big Shiny Tweets uh, on Twitter. Um, you Make sure to check out old episodes. Tell your friends about the show. We're going to be back next week with Big Shiny Tunes 12. Um, there's some highlights, some lowlights. Uh, uh, Jordan and I differ in opinion on a number of the tracks, um, which I think will be very exciting. As always. Uh, so. <laughs> As always, uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. Jordan, anything you want to tell the good people before we head out? Um, please, please support your local vet. Have your pet spayed and neutered, folks. Yep. <laughs> this is, I'm Bob Barker. This is The Price is Right. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.